Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. And they've got some banging deals this month, so check them out. 20% off all Glacier Concentrates, 20% off Mile High Extractions, uh, two for $25 on Koala, uh, Koala and Solace 100-milligram bars, and so much more, including buy three, get one free, off the entire store and then check this out guys you tell them the code dnvr20 you're going to get an additional 20 percent off on your entire order at checkout so check it out solacemeds.com s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com make sure you purchase from there and make sure you use that code dnvr20 to save 20 percent off your entire order at solace meds We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B, and we are presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online today to scope out all they have to offer. 750 total classes, 45-plus uh, online and hybrid programs. There's something for everyone down there at MSU Denver, and if you're looking to further that education while keeping a full-time job, MSU Denver is the perfect place for you. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So make sure you check out MSU Denver today. My boys, what's up, guys? The Broncos are back, back. and let the competitions begin. Yeah, uh, exciting day today. First day, uh, true first day of OTAs for the Broncos. Uh, great attendance out there. And I guess quickly, just a housekeeping note, as you'll see here, uh, our times and stuff that we go live are going to be a little more variable over the next couple of weeks as we are mixing it up with, you know, uh, going after practice and there's media availability. And today they gave you guys an hour of media availability. Ooh. So uh, there's a lot of stuff on, on the table. So just keep an eye out. Perfect time to tell you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can even sign up for alerts so that when we go live, you'll get an alert that says what's going on uh, and you'll get all. And so you'll never... Uh, Never miss one of these lives. So let's actually jump right into this. Mesa, I want to start with takeaways from the actual live viewing period. What did we see today? We only saw seven on seven aside from the individual work. And uh, that's something that Vic Fangio said is going to persist here through the first couple of weeks of phase three of OTAs. And uh, that's a significant change compared to what we usually would see from OTAs. We we'd typically see some 11 on 11 today. And that's going to be put off for a couple of weeks. You kind of wonder if that's part of, you know, teams making deals with player with the players, as it were, with the whole uh, boycotts going on around the league and so forth. Certainly the Broncos had great attendance today. Very few absences of note. Justin Simmons uh, was out there. Brandon McManus, who, of course, is the Broncos NFLPA head, was out there. But 
you want to know how the quarterbacks looked, right? Well, for, yeah, all right, yeah. Let's go. Let's go quarterback. Yes. There's no reason to hold back. All right. Well, Bridgewater first day in this in the scheme looked very comfortable. He's a seasoned vet, but he he had pretty good timing for the most part. There was only one play he missed where he was really behind one of his intended targets. The rest of it, he just he looked settled. He was getting to his second and third reads, and of course, that is kind of uh, what he does. Another interesting thing about Bridgewater versus Drew Locke, when you watch the two of them, they're doing individual drills. One of the differences that that's, that jumps out is Drew, he's improved his footwork, but you still see him kind of tap, tap, tapping a little bit, yeah. whereas Teddy gets into his base and gets set, set and he's, he's a little firmer in his base quicker. Now, when the ball leaves their hands, obviously, Drew throws lasers. It, it's definitely easy gas coming out. Teddy Bridgewater, nice job dr- dropping it into the bread baskets and getting it into some tight windows. But that's Teddy. He's going to be, Teddy is the curveball slider guy and uh, Drew's the fastball pitcher. And both of them, both of them I thought looked good today. Yeah. Drew did take the first snap though. He for did. what it's worth. Every single time they went out there yeah. to start seven on sevens, Drew took the first snap. So the coin fell his direction. And guys, we thought that's how it probably should have been because Drew's the incumbent. And heck, Teddy got there today. He met Drew for the first time today, which means he probably met every other receiver for the first time today. But he did not look like a guy that was getting on the job an hour before practice started. He did look like he knew he was doing. He was steady. He was calm going through his all of his progressions. It was pretty crazy to see him on multiple plays go from the right side all the way to the left and then finally just dumping it off. What I saw today was Teddy pushing the ball downfield more and Drew just taking those easy passes. And that's okay for Drew to be taking those easy passes. I was surprised to see Teddy was the one going downfield and Teddy had success going downfield when he did, when he went deep as well. With who? With, uh, oh, who, who, uh, Jerry Judy, he hit once. Um, and Drew though, staying within five yards. I mean, I, I want to say the first 10 passes, maybe one of them was past five yards, but I'm okay with that because what's Drew need to do? Drew needs to work on taking those easy plays, but not all of them were necessarily easy. I mean, yeah. so, some were ones where he had to throw lasers in there to fit him in holes, and sometimes he did it, and sometimes he didn't. And there were a couple of times when he went short, but he still threw into heavy traffic, and that's something that you're like, okay, it's okay to, to, to go short. That's fine if it's there. But you also don't need to force it when it's not there, and that's some, and that again is something that you want to see him get better at. It's no one's winning the job or losing the job today. No one's winning or losing the job in the next couple of weeks. Right. Now, if Drew starts overcorrecting and trying to be the extra safe guy, and he's also not creating any splash. Well, then if Teddy's able to make the right decisions pushing the ball down the field, he's going to win this job. Right. It, it, it's a great point. And Teddy wasn't, I think he had three deep balls, and they weren't contested catches. I mean, it was very much taking a safe option deep. Right. But it still was gaining 25, 30 yards on those completions, which you're right. I think that's what, what people are afraid of with stead, with Teddy just being steady. It's that it's the steady four-yard completions that he mm-hmm. gets. I think you're 100% right, Ryan. That's a good point. I didn't think about that when I was watching it either is if he's steady in the way where maybe it's not 60-yard completions, but if it's 25-yard completions, that that's going to be enough to say, okay, he's got the juice. And there was a play right at the end. They kind of pulled the media. They said, okay, got to log in for the press conference, but then uh, had a couple more periods left, and so I got my set up, and then I went back and watched some of the last reps, and there was one right at the end where Teddy had Tyree Cleveland going, you know, uh, going toward the corner, and... It was a perfect throw. 
but you had Pat Sertan arrive a little bit too soon. Would have been clear DPI. But if not for DPI, that's a touchdown. Did a nice job on that ball. Mm, and speaking of Pat Sertan, really quick, guys. Von Miller, we know yeah. he's he, he's free to praise a lot of people. He went out of his way, though, to praise one person and one person big time, and that was Pat Sertan. He said, you know, I look over my, my, my shoulders to see who's behind me, and I thought it was an edge rusher because he's so big. Said he's a stud, already referring to him as PS2. Von, Von Miller has given his stamp of approval already to Patrick Sertan. It's been a while since we heard from Von. It has yes. been. Um, he had a lot to say today. Yeah, how did it go? Uh, well, I mean, Von is, you can't tell how stressful this offseason has been for him. You, you can't at all. He says he's in a great mental standpoint. And from the 12 minutes we talked to him today, it really did seem like it, which is really good. And the expectations for Von, do you guys remember the expectations last year for Von at about this time when he was just a man on fire looking really good? Oh, yeah. Those are the expectations for him again right now. He said, uh, I don't think I can actually say this on the pod, but he said... Uh, you can say whatever you want. I, he said, I'm beating everyone's ass. Oh, you can definitely say okay. that. Okay. <laughs> he had a couple and, and of so times he, says, he worked blue today. And, and, he says, uh, and he says, 30 what? You know, so like, what what, what does mm. that mean? 30 sacks. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's what we want. <laughs> He's also very sick of losing to Kansas City. I mean, I was kind of... Mm-hmm. In, in some way, I was proud of asking the question that... Uh, uh, where I got him to say that he was tired of the, of that shit. Pardon the expression. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, he, whoa, he you got on me years. last time I said I know. that. <laughs> well, now that I'm seeing where the line is, I mean, we're not going to be under FCC jurisdiction. I'm sorry, kids, although you should be in school if you're, you know, if they're watching this, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll, we can, if it's a quote, yep. you know, yep. we'll have to yeah. sling it words yeah. <laughs> the quote was The exact quote was, we lost the Kansas City Chiefs five years in a row. I want to change that shit. Yeah. And that's, I think, how everyone I feels. I mean, everyone <laughs> yes. feels that way. Um, and that's kind of the big, I don't know. It's like you look at Drew and you look at Teddy and you go back to this quarterback debate and the people who are going to support Drew Locke in this are going to say, look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Justin Herbert. Heck, look at you know Derek Carr even to a lesser extent. How are you going to compete with those guys with Teddy Bridgewater, if you're going to compete with them, you you have to believe in the brightest timeline for Drew Locke. And, of course, we know Drew is extremely talented. Um, if, he, if it ever just all clicks for him, he has the abilities to get into that conversation. The people who are going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater are going to say, well, you know, look how close we played uh, the – Chiefs in that Chiefs, second yeah. game like it's not about trying to beat them on offense it's about trying to beat them on defense playing smart and not giving away points when they're on the board you know of course Drew Locke throws that interception in scoring range on the very first drive of the game which ends up looming large so there's like a whole debate here I'm curious where I know where you guys think the coaching staff stands but Mace where do you stand on this debate is it really is Teddy Bridgewater good enough to score enough points against a team like the Chiefs to give the defense a chance to win you the game. If he can complete enough passes downfield, yes. And I think that was one reason why it was intri- intri- intriguing to see him push it downfield as he did. It was all, almost like he's trying to answer the one question that you might have about him. And you know he's going to make good, good decisions 5, 10, 15 yards downfield. But what is it, but what does he do that forces 
the defense in coverage to stretch itself out a little bit more. That, that I think, is what completes the picture for him because it's been the thing that, he, that he's been missing. You, we, and Vic Fangio kind of pointed to what he did in New Orleans coming in for Drew Brees. Bridgewater talked about what he learned the last couple of years being with the Saints and then with Joe Brady in Carolina, who comes from out of that New Orleans scheme as well, so they have similar concepts. Can he kind of take it to the next level? The thing, like, both these quarterbacks have some work to do. Drew, of course, has to be more settled, has to be more accurate. Uh, there were a couple of throws that he missed today that certainly he would want back, even though he is mostly taking the, the short and easy stuff. Teddy needs to push it downfield more. So they're both missing some things, and it's almost like they're both running their races, but whoever gets to their finish line first and shows that they have the thing that they're missing in their game is the guy who's going to win the job. Well, and so to go back to your original question, Ryan, Garrett Bowles had a really interesting quote, uh, and I think it's exactly what I think a lot of people think about the Broncos. He said, we have so many deadly players on offense. All we have to do is get the ball in their hands. If we do that, the NFL better watch out. Mm -hmm. And isn't that what we say about this Broncos offense? How much talent it has but you need to get that talent, the ball in their hands. And so I think that to answer your question, I think Teddy can be the guy to get the ball in their hands, 5, 10, 15 yards downfield, like Mace mentioned. Drew has the zip, mm -hmm. but Teddy has the touch, I guess, but he was getting the ball into some tight windows today, yeah. which I wouldn't have actually expected him to be able to do without the zip that Drew has, so I was impressed with that, uh, and Drew's arm, it's as live as it's ever been, guys, mm. and Drew's mentality is exactly what you want it to be right now. You know, he is 100% focused on himself He's not listening to the noise. He says if someone texts me uh, to inform me of some quarterback rumors, I don't text them back. They're not someone that's in my inner circle. That's not someone I need to deal with. Uh, the people close to him in his inner circle know how hard he's working. And don't alert him of the Aaron Rodgers news. And don't alert him of potentially drafting Justin Fields in the first round. He doesn't care about that. He cares about himself. He's only focused on himself. And when he was asked about the Aaron Rodgers potential still he, he said, you know, I was concerned about my seven-on-seven seven reps in practice today. So it's the attitude you want, but it's definitely an FU attitude coming from Drew to us, to anyone that doesn't believe him, uh, and to, to, to anyone that, that's going to doubt him in any way. You know, I know it's dangerous to kind of get into somebody's demeanor, but Drew definitely seemed much more businesslike in his press conference today than we've seen from him. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but... Oh. Uh, I feel like, and maybe this is a good thing, some some of the happy-go-lucky, at least in terms of the public persona, has been kind of knocked out of him a little bit. Maybe he's been humbled to some degree. And his his response has been to not only cut out the noise, but to put himself on what he described was a pretty strict regimen and routine every day in terms of what he's doing, in terms of throwing, what he's doing in terms of studying. He said one of the things that he wanted to do was kind of get new routines. So what do you say? It was like Groundhog Day? Yep, yep. It's been Groundhog Day this yeah. year, just getting up. And I asked him, and he pretty much detailed yeah. his day from waking up early. He's coming in the facility multiple times, then going home watching film. He has film set up in his basement. It's everything you want to hear. And that's what we've kind of heard. But to hear it from Drew's voice and just also the uh, the no BS mindset right now. You used the term an FU attitude from him. Yep. I want to drill deeper on that. Why? What do you think? Like, 
where's that coming from? What did he say that kind of gave you that impression? I mean, it, it was everything that he said. Uh, and, you know, if people text him and say, hey, have you been hearing any of this Aaron Rodgers news? He, you know, uh, he won't respond uh, to, to them. And, and he's only keeping people close to him uh, in his conversations now. And so he's really pushing everyone away from him that, that doesn't believe in him because that's, that's what he wants right now is just that type of energy. Uh, and, and it's really him against the world. And I thought a very interesting thing was he said, um, I, I was bettering myself this offseason so that whether I'm here or not, so obviously he yeah. heard noise of potentially him going somewhere else or whether that was trade, whether it was um, another team coming for him or what that was. He said, I was getting myself ready for that and kind of left that open-ended. And I thought that was kind of a message to the Broncos as well of, look, if you're going to give up on me, fine. I'm going to be better for this next team. I love it. Yeah. I really do love it. Um, I think that, you know, so many guys in the NFL come in with like the chip on their shoulder attitude and while Drew, you know, kind of fell to the second round and wasn't sure, I don't feel like he's necessarily had a chip on his shoulder attitude. Um, obviously, when he got to Missouri, it was only a matter of time before he came to the, became the starter. When he got to Denver, it was only a matter of time before he came became the starter. And for the first time here, I think he's really being questioned, and I think he's really being pushed in a way that he probably hasn't been pushed very often in his life in the sense of, look, you know, it's not going to be smooth sailing for your football career right now. So what response do you have? And we talk about the NFL. It is a league of punches and counterpunches. He punched pretty hard as a rookie. Came out really well. He got counterpunched really hard coming back last season. And now the question is, does he have the next push? Does he have the next punch? Is he going to be the one to throw the next punch? Or is the league, which takes no prisoners, going to be the one to, you know, get him last year and then get him again this year and really end his career as a starter. Well, it's funny, like, we kind of talk about the FU mentality, and I find myself flashing back to the video that was captured of him in the Charger game at the end when he went back to the sideline. And, uh, you know, this is part of growing up, even growing in the last several months, because you don't want the FU mentality to mean mouthing off at the fans, basically, and having to be kind of held back. But you want it to be just kind of, you know, taking taking it within and building some resolve and saying, okay, here's what I've got to focus on. Here's what I've got I've got to cut out, cut out. And now the, the only thing about that is, you know, you can't. Let's say that some of the you wonder who the people that were texting him this stuff about. Oh, hey, you hear about Aaron Rodgers or <laughs> hey, hey, George Payton. Kind of a was, stupid thing to do. Yeah, George but. Payton was watching Trey Lance today up in uh, up in Fargo. I mean, you hope that the people that were texting that were just like, you know, buddies from college and things like that, and not people from the Broncos. And I would I would imagine oh, so because yeah. I I don't want him to have his circle so narrow that it's not wide enough to include everybody in that locker. Yeah, and, and absolutely, I agree with you. Um, I. Don't text you guys and say, hey, did you hear who uh, may replace you? I mean, I just couldn't yeah, imagine exactly. anyone doing that. That's so weird. Who'd and, you hear? <laughs> and guys, on the flip side, Teddy is taking a similar approach that, you know, this is his job. He wants it, but in a very, very different way. And kind of the way to, to sum that up is today when, when Von Miller met him, uh, according to Teddy, Von told him, you're here to play football. And he said, that's the approach I'm taking. That's my mindset is I'm here to play football 
football. So that's his approach, but it's certainly not an FU mentality, guys. He, he's coming in very steady. I mean, I that, that's just what I'm going to call him, on and off the field, steady Teddy. I don't think it's better than Drew. Uh, I don't think it's worse than Drew. It's just a completely different approach of who he is and who, who he's going to be, but he does expect at the end of the day to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, he does, and I think... Uh... He's also a guy who, even though he's only been in the league now going into his eighth season, this is a guy who has seen pretty much everything there is to see, except literally playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, as far as he's seen the highs, he's gotten, he's gotten a team to a division title. He's seen the lows. He's been, he's been pushed out, as he was uh, in Carolina this, this past year. So I wouldn't say it's, it's a world weariness, but certainly it's a guy who he's not going to, he's not go- going to go up and down like a seismograph in an earthquake. I think maybe people around the team, certainly outside the team, might do that. But even though we're going to be chronicling these guys and what they do every day and kind of saying the ups and downs, this is, this is Teddy. Whether he has a good day or a bad day, it's just going to be kind of like this. And the interesting thing then becomes, what helps this team more? Is it the highs and the lows of Drew Locke? Or is it steady, Teddy? It's very interesting. And I think one of the biggest challenges for Drew Locke in this competition is going to be keeping the locker room. Because from everything I've heard and from those I've talked to, Teddy Bridgewater is like one of the most loved dudes in the NFL. From dudes he's played with, from people he just runs into in the offseason. He's Ferris Bueller. He's friends he really with, is. Yep. He's friends with every person in every clique. They all adore him. They think they think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> That's that was actually one of my takeaways from this was just how much Von Miller, Garrett Bowles, how they're already praising Teddy, and they're not saying anything bad uh, about Drew. But I thought the praise was going to be the other way because Teddy's just meeting these guys today, and I thought a, a lot of the talk was going to be, and and I gave him opportunities to ask or, or, or to say great things about Drew, and it's not that they didn't, but I was just surprised how glaring. Or, or how how much that praise was for Teddy today. Yeah. I mean, this dude, like you said, everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Anyone he's ever played with, um, I think, gosh, I wish I could remember it. Someone on the Saints said he's the best teammate he's, they've ever had. Like, this locker room is going to fall for him. Right. And they already do like Drew. You know, yeah, Von Miller absolutely. loves Drew. He called him an effing rock star <laughs> one time. You know, like, he, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be hard as the competition gets going and gets rolling for Drew to keep some of these guys. Cause I just think naturally these guys are going to really gravitate towards Teddy. Um, you know, even let's go back to his injury uh, in, in uh, Minnesota dudes were crying on the field. Like the reporting that came out of that was crazy because they loved Teddy so much and they hated seeing him like that. So that's going to be a challenge. This is going to be a really good competition, I have a feeling. Like, watching this and following this and quarterback scoreboard and all that stuff is going to be really, really interesting because I think there's a lot of different stuff in play here. And you know what's really interesting? You mentioned the Minnesota thing. Rewind back to five years ago. That year, the Vikings were a trendy Super Bowl pick with Teddy, yeah, quarterback. For people sure. Th- people thought that team with him was enough. And so... We're now five years removed from that. And realistically, it took Teddy about three years to be back to somewhat normal. So, 
And I think this is part of what George Payton was thinking when he realized Teddy might be available and uh, could bring him in, is thinking back and saying, you know, this, this thing was at the brink of exploding before Teddy got hurt. Is he all the way back to where he was? And now certainly he's five years older, more mature, et cetera. And that's something that's, that, that I think uh, bears watching. And, you know, you can't deny how much guys love him. The other thing is, and uh, there, were, there were a couple of things. First of all, Judy dropped the pass today. Everyone's going to go, oh, oh, my God. It was from Teddy. You know what Teddy did next play? Went right back to him. Love that. Absolutely I mean, love seeing that. Drew did that in a game one time, and it ended up in, what, six drops <laughs> for right. Judy? He just yeah, kept no, going yeah, back to But that's the kind of thing that a veteran does. No, okay? for sure. Okay, you know what? This I know this guy's a really good player. He's going to figure out, you know, keep keep feeding him. And the, the other thing that, uh, that kind of jumps out, and I bet you we're going to hear this said by a player in the next few weeks. I was telling Zach this is practice. We're going to hear at least one player probably say he throws a very catchable ball. Oh yeah, it's like a. Pillow. That just means he throws it's like it soft. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's who else threw a catch the ball? It was Peyton Manning for sure. And one thing going back, I went back and looked at some of my notes on Bridgewater coming out of Louisville from 2014, and and I went back and said, and one thing that was in there was how often he dropped the ball into tight windows and just it was gentle. Yeah, and it, and the way he dropped the ball into those windows actually reminded me a little of Peyton. Except it was a little tighter. It was a tighter spiral. So I'm not saying Teddy is Peyton Manning. I'm just saying there you go. That Teddy Bridgewater is Peyton Manning. Andrew of Mason. Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville reminded me of Manning, and he still has that. He dro- he does drop it in really nicely. Yeah, there, there's no question. He he has the touch. And one thing that I think is going to be key for Drew is to uh, not force being what he thinks other people want him to be. Like not just throw it five yards pass line scrimmage he's going to have to play his game and you know what guys if he can't do that if he can't push the ball downfield uh and also take the check downs at the necessary time then that just means that he doesn't have what it takes to be an nfl starter uh i don't want him to or just start you know after he hears some noise just start pushing the ball downfield and just do that i want him to to not hear any outside noise from now and just listen to his coaches um i would like seeing him go short today a lot but i do want to see him open that up as well all right guys let's Quickly move away from quarterbacks here. Uh, I just want to touch on any other notable observations you might have had from today. Well, I mean, since Mace mentioned Jerry Judy dropping a pass, he also had Tim Patrick drop a pass, which oh, you no. never saw <laughs> oh, no. last year, yeah. which was just just crazy because, you know, I think Mace, uh, I think the Jerry Judy one happened first, and Mace is going, oh, it's not it's not a big deal at all, which it's not a big deal no. at, at, at all right now. But I now. know how people are going to get worried when they hear Jerry Judy Drop the pass. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. But then you just have to realize, right. okay, Tim Patrick, who never dropped a pass last year, dropped a pass in practice. Yeah, I mean, you look at this from a more, like, bird's-eye view. In a game, what's, like, a, like 10 targets is a lot in a game, right? Yeah. In a practice, you get 20, 30, 40 targets, you know, as you're just going through different drills and whatnot. So, the, you know, you're just, like, dropping a ball in a practice is nothing. Right, yeah, it, it, it's it's not nothing. Um, some other things from practice today. You had Dalton Reisner wasn't there because uh, he he has COVID. Expected to be back potentially by Thursday, so nothing to worry about there. Bradley Chubb uh, did have surgery, I believe, at the end of last week, guys, to remove some bone spurs in his ankle. Vic Fangio said, quote, today it was a very good procedure, so it went well. He expects him to be ready for training camp. 
But I'm a little worried now, just naturally, because anytime you hear expects to be ready for training camp for a guy that missed two games because of this injury last year at the end of the season, and also we know his injury history, that's just concerning to me. Why did it take so long to get the surgery? Vic said it, they, they thought it was just going to heal on its own and not be an issue, but throughout the offseason, it would bother him sometimes, it wouldn't bother him at other times, and they waited till now. Yeah, you don't like hearing that they waited. I mean, basically, you're, you're waiting because it's not, because surgery is sometimes just a last resort. You always want to see if things are going to heal on their own. Especially in the off season, if this were the se- regular season, I imagine they would have pulled the trigger and had the surgery right right away. With the off season, you just want to see if it heals without having to have a procedure and any complications or anything like that. So, I think the other thing is, like you mentioned, he missed time with it last year, and just Chubb's injury history is lengthier than you'd like. So, anytime yeah. you're talking about a Bradley Chubb injury, you get concerned. I mean, it's sort of the same thing with Drew Locke. He's had two multi week injuries in the last two seasons. So you have to discuss that with these guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some more guys that weren't there. Kyle Fuller, Mace asked uh, Vic about it, and he said, I don't know where he is. So maybe Kyle yeah. Fuller is choosing to sit out one practice of OTAs. Maybe he'll be back tomorrow. Maybe he won't be here until mandatory minicamp. Nice of course, opportunity for Pat Sertan as a result because you yes, saw it is. Sertan, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan all out there getting plenty of run. We've yep. got a super chat here from DTL. Oh, we really appreciate uh, all oh, super chats. Yes. Yes. It says you got to mention that Vaughn take on Fant. Yes, and this this was another. I mean, we said Vaughn Miller was on fire today, and I want to get the exact quote right here. It said, Noah Fant is my favorite guy on the team. Mm-hmm. That's how he opened it. Yep. And he huh. said, the other part, another part of that quote, he looks like a beast. Yep, and then he also said Noah Fant and Alberto, his words, can be Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski on the field. I believe we've said that. Stole that that from us. (laughs) Yes, a few times over the years. I mean, so the praise from Vaughn on Fant and Patrick Sertan was pretty mind-blowing today. You think Pat Shermer's listening, though? I mean, we know how Shermer likes his three wide, but look, your, your best set might end up being two tight ends, Pat. Yeah, I don't know. Very uh, skeptical on Pat Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> Very skeptical. Um, Figure it out, Pat. All right. Where were you going on other standouts? Um, on other standouts. So Patrick Sertan. Oh, other obvi- guys who weren't there. Melvin uh, Gordon. One yes. Melvin Gordon was also not there. He told Mike Kliss over the weekend that he's going to be doing his own thing, just like he's been doing. Um, so I would imagine that means not showing up until mandatory minicamp. So a guy who you expected to see a lot of play today, Javante Williams. It was really a heavy dose of Royce Freeman today, uh, running with the ones, but I think that'll quickly transition to number 33. I gotta say this is weird, kind of weird for Melvin. Um, Just, I feel like he's been doing a lot of work to kind of endear himself and really like prove that this is his show and not showing up and saying like, oh, I just want to do my own thing is just not... In my opinion, not the best move for a guy who now I think is in a bit of a position battle. Well, and Ryan, it, it especially because this is the OTA season that is going to have the most eyes on who's there and who's not because of the potential boycott. Mm-hmm. Now it's not a boycott anymore. You have Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Brandon McManus, the three guys that were kind of trying to keep people away. They're all there now. And that you have less than 10 guys that aren't there. So people are just going to be paying attention to this. Next week, we're going to talk about how, okay, these guys still aren't here. 
year. And if Melvin Gordon's one of them, we're going to talk about it every single week that, that we have practice. And like you said, Javante Williams, he's a guy that's going to push him for his job maybe midseason, maybe week one, maybe in training camp, and not being there does not help you in, in, in any way. Coaches value every single minute of practice you can have. And so that it does have to be a, a tick against him. Basically, you don't want to give the coaches an excuse to think that they can live without you. Yep, and right. that's what could happen. I mean, they, I mean, obviously, they, they like Mike Boone on special teams, but they like the fact that Mike Boone averages five, over five yards per carry for his career as well. Yep. And what Melvin is doing, unfortunately, is he's leaving the door ajar for Pat Shermer and Curtis Modkins and everybody else on the offensive side to say, hey, we can, we can function without you. And that's, uh, that's why I don't think it's advisable for him to sit, to sit out. And that's, it's, is it a little bit paranoid? Yes, but the NFL is a world of paranoia. Like Bill Parcell said, it's not a game for the well-adjusted. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, something my grandpa used to tell me. He ended up retiring with like tons of um, paid leave mm-hmm. that he didn't use. And he said, I never took more than one week of vacation per year because if they can live without you for two weeks, they can live without you forever. <laughs> and like, you know, that it's, it's, that's funny. It's like an old school take. I, th- I think that way. Yeah. I mean, like if I was gone from a, if I was gone for like two weeks from this podcast, I'd be like, Oh, well, I guess, you know, are they going to be able to say that they can live? Without <laughs> <you>? <laughs> but why no, two weeks instead of one? Oh, that's one week. You know, <laughs> one, one, one week, week is, is nothing. And like, and, and you and I both Zach, when we're taking weeks off, we're taking weeks off when nothing, hopefully nothing is happening. Like we're, hopefully. Yeah. But hopefully. you know, it just goes into <laughs> yeah. the idea of like, you're giving the coaches an opportunity to fall in love with someone else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, they want to fall in love with Javante Williams. Yep. Like they brought him here to later replace you. Yep. So if I were there, I would be, if I were him, I would be there every step of the way trying to prove to them that this guy's not ready to pass me. And it's clear the holdout's over. The, the holdout is, is not happening. So now this is, instead of a team decision, uh, this is now individuals' decisions nope. to, to not be there. So that's how it will be viewed. And when talking about Kyle Fuller missing, Vic said, you know, it, it is optional. And that's just about the company line that, uh, that he'll take there. But with, with nine guys missing... That shows you that with only nine guys missing, that shows you just how crucial these practices are. Um, and a guy that really impressed me today was Cortland Sutton, not because of the amazing catch- passes he was catching and things he was doing like that, but he is still wearing a brace on his knee, but it looks very small. I mean, it looks like the smallest brace you can have, and it he 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 looks like he doesn't even have a brace on the way he's moving around. Smallest brace ever. I like it. <laughs> so that's very good news in his his rehab. I think we're going to talk to him sometime this week. Um, but everything we've heard is that he hopes to be pretty close around training camp. And the guy knew punter. Ah, yes. The Madden got- chat was very excited for yeah. you. Yeah, my, my guy Max Duffy from Kentucky. Won the uh, the tryout. He's wearing jersey number fifteen, and uh, you know he's got a cannon, but he's also a placement guy. And there, and he was working basically on kicking to the right and kicking to the left. I feel like I'm about to go back into Tom McMahon soliloquy mode mm-hmm. here, but uh, there were there were some punts like where he's getting it fifty yards and it's going right right to the sideline. There's no room for the for the returner to catch the ball, and I'm thinking. Migs probably likes this an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you can save $2 million yes. if you keep him. 
Um, so there's this could be a legit competition in punter. This is interesting because you mentioned the two million in. I hate to bring it back to Aaron Rodgers, but if you bring him in, you're looking for you're looking Little for a million places, here, yeah. a million there to kind of make all the pieces fit, and that's that's something that would probably be an easy two million dollars off the off the budget. Don't don't hate to to talk about Aaron Rodgers. No, I mean, but, uh, no, but today is about Teddy and Drew. Mm-hmm. They're the comp. That is the competition today. Today is about but, number three, yes. number five. <laughs> there, there, but, is, there is a big but because Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to Packers today. He's living his best life in Hawaii right Imagine now. Imagine like he? your teammates. Doesn't that feel weird when you're not like there. all of your teammates are there grinding and sweating and <laughs> they yeah. see like the video of you like singing karaoke and <laughs> playing wagon wheel <laughs> with Miles Teller and, with the with the man bun too. Yeah, like rock like. I don't know. I just, he really gives no Fs about what anyone thinks about this. And he's just like, especially the Packers. He does not care if they're going to be upset with him. Like, I don't think he really cares what his teammates think. Don't, he, he doesn't. Those just, teammates specifically. He's already talked to those team, the teammates that right. and are told kind them, of in his circle and he's told them. He's out. He doesn't just look like a guy that's okay with not going back to the Packers. He looks like a guy that would be okay doing something else in his life. Like yep. hosting Jeopardy? Exactly. Or, you or know, the joining sport. a band. <laughs> or, right. or just living in Hawaii, retiring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has no reason to keep playing football like it's not like oh. he needs the money or anything he's happy with legacy it right maybe now. legacy like, it's what it's all about and i think there's a the, the things that you wonder went through his mind as he's watching tom brady and the bucks run out the clock in the nfc championship game as he's just looking out there on the field seeing the bucks happy seeing brady celebrate and uh, i think that's the kind of moment that's frozen in his head right now how you know? As he's why isn't? Beach. Why can't? Why have? Why have I not been able to experience that? I mean, he in his mind, he's saying, "I know, I, I, I know." At this point in my life, I'm better than him, and he's going to the Super Bowl. I think the only thing that's frozen and in his head is a margarita. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little brain freeze. I, but I do think he, that's think the that's, one thing he has yeah. left mm-hmm. on yes. the table is legacy. He needs to shut guys like Zach up about <laughs> how he was overrated and you know didn't win enough Super Bowls and. To be fair, he's got one, you know? It's the same thing Peyton was dealing with late in his career. Peyton. There was one thing stopping Peyton from being in the GOAT conversation is that you could easily pull out the rings. You know, so many guys have one. Very few guys have two. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the price of mission. Look at Drew Brees. He's got all sorts of records. He only has the one ring. Brett Favre wrote, rewrote the record book while he played. He only got the one ring. It's what, kept, it's what kept him going, but then Brett Favre ultimately was his own worst enemy when it mattered mo- most throwing across his body in the NFC Championship game and uh, getting picked off by, tr- was it Tracy Porter who got that ball, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was. But, yeah. guys, I mean, I think it's fitting that we're talking about it because, yeah. one, he was in the news today, didn't show up, and, two, the buzz is not leaving the Broncos. The, it, it, it's 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 everywhere you go, uh, and it's not going away. Maybe it'll die down if June 2nd comes and goes. Maybe it'll stay just as hot, uh, especially if Aaron Rodgers continues not to show up, doesn't show up for mandatory minicamp for the Packers. Um, but, I mean, players are just going to be continue to be asked about Aaron Rodgers, a guy that's not even on their team right now. Yep, yep. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, T-minus seven days. A week. 
One week from that. today, we might have a little more clarity today, on this. Well, that's the 31st, right? Yep. We Eight days. Make, so that's the first and the second. <laughs> nine days. So, yep. it's, <laughs> nine, it's nine days until you can make a move, but you have to imagine we'd hear something. Yeah. Maybe over the weekend. It's yeah. the way these things get out. I do think we're going to start to see it bubble. If it's going to happen right after the deadline. Right. Yeah. It might not. The Packers yeah. might say, like, look, you can miss minicamp and do whatever you want. Like, we're going to wait you out on this. And and you got to pay us if you do. Yep. And I truly think that Aaron is just going to be like, cool, I'm going to Cabo next. And then <laughs> after that, we're going to Jamaica. Maybe part of a signing bonus uh, to, to host Jeopardy full-time can be him the Jeopardy paying back the, the Packers for him retiring early. Well, he hasn't given up any money yet. The, the money doesn't start being deducted from his account unless he's not there for minicamp in, in mid-June. So, But if he retires, yeah. what is it? 12 17 million dollars that he would have to pay them back. I think it was upwards of 30. It's 20 I think it's 29.8 million. Yeah. Just build that into your jeopardy but, yeah. pay. So, yeah. yeah, the the Packers get that cash, but if they it's like were to trade Aaron Rodgers and we know that even a second round pick is worth 16 million dollars as the Browns established 4 years ago. So, you know, if the Packers were a, were an organization in financial trouble, I'm sure that 29.8 would be like the thing. Okay, let's get that cash. Let's get that cash back. Right. But they're sitting, they have they have a $400 million cash reserve. So yeah. I don't right. think they're concerned. They're completely fine there. Mm-hmm. And they would, I, I think, unless they kind of pull the thing that the Texans did, which was like pride over being smart, you know? Right. Well, that and, could happen, especially in the NFL. And you know the egos there. And that's where you wonder, okay, what is the impact of not having a true owner? Yeah. Now, is it is it possible that they dig in, or the fact that they don't have a true owner, but they have a board of directors who may who may think more logically rather than more emotionally, the way the Texans are, for example. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Interesting stuff. Well, of course, we'll be on top of it all, and we've got plenty more to talk about in the rest of the podcast, which we will be doing. On the podcast side of things, if you haven't checked out our podcast, you'll get the second half there. You can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is type in Broncos. We're the first one that comes up. Uh, And uh, so, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us on the live side of things. We'll see you over on the podcast side. All right, before we move on, I want to encourage you guys to become a member at DNVR. Guys, there's so many different great benefits of being a member at DNVR. And it's playoff season for the Nugs and Avs. You won't get better coverage anywhere in the world. I saw Adam just dropped a new version of the list. If you want to see kind of what went wrong for the Nuggets in the first round, uh, in the first game of the first round, uh, he breaks it down very well, kind of gives you a preview of maybe how they're going to react. But that's just one little example of all the great content. We'll have plenty of stuff coming out from Broncos OTAs, which is another exciting thing to add on top of it. Uh, We've got the DNVR Golf League coming soon if you're a DNVR member. We have the members-only Discord where you can just talk Broncos or golf or gaming or fantasy uh, with people who are like-minded and interested in some of the same things as you. You get an extra raffle ticket when you come. You get a free shirt. You got deals in the uh, at the bar. You've got deals uh, in the DNVR locker. There's so 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 much 
for DNVR members out there. So come join the family. Now is the perfect time to join our family, Ryan. And now is also a perfect time to join the family over at Chevalier Mortgage with Mike in Virginia because, guys, interest rates are at the best right now. And Mike in Virginia Chevalier can help you navigate that. And they're diehard Broncos fans, and they are part of this family as well. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do and get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. And one of the things that separates Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage is that Mike is a certified financial planner, meaning he looks more than just one interest rate. He looks at your entire financial picture when putting together your options. So make sure to check him out over at dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with that free consultation with our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And finally, a shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. You can come down to the DNVR bar, get a member-sized Breck Brew, 22 ounces for the price of 16, which is pretty great. And uh, Breck Brew came through on Friday, completely stocked up our fridge, or actually it was Wednesday. It didn't make it past Friday night. Then I came back and restocked the fridge oh, man, on the Saturday. And then we got through the end of that by yesterday. So um, the <laughs> DNVR fam is fueled by Breck Brews. Make sure you come down here and have one uh, and share one with us. Yeah, safe to say we love Breck Brews. And that's about oh, yeah. the best stamp of approval you can give. Absolutely. Could not agree more. All right, let's hop into the questions from the people. The first one. Maybe the dingo H.O. Baby says, man, Three Ring Circus has been a great addition to the week of pods. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it because I can tell you what, Ryan, Mace, and I love it. We look so much forward to just, I love having the guests on and just getting like new and different perspectives and new thoughts on things. And of course, you know, just sharing, you know, the, the audience and showing people new stuff. Yep. He says, he goes on and says, I got two things. What do you guys think of Romy Bean's spinsters about Elway Rogers not being together as she claimed they were? Uh, I think Romy was right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that too. <laughs> yeah, um, and also it's not good for that to come out for the Broncos. So I understand why yeah, there yeah, were yeah. other sides of it, Ryan. Totally. He goes on and says, and you know I'm a druther. Has there been any news on his play through underwear practices? Well, we broke it down to you earlier today, but Vic Fangio said they're not going to be doing any team stuff for a couple of weeks, any 11-on-11 stuff. Um, reading between the lines, I think that was Vic's way of getting guys back into OTAs now is saying, look, we'll have an hour practice uh, during these days. An hour is so short, Ryan. Vic likes to have these guys on the field two and a half hours, and we're not going to do any team stuff. It's all going to be very light work. And apparently that worked for most of the Broncos because they, a lot of them showed up today. All right. Um, oh, he comes back with another one here. Mm. Did you see the trade proposal meme? I hope it's not real. Sports Illustrated. Anytime you say trade proposal meme, it's not real. Anytime, yeah, anytime you say <laughs> trade proposal, it's not real. Right. <laughs> Unless it's... Trade executed. Trade, yeah. <laughs> uh, Broncos get Rodgers in a 2022 fourth. Packers get Chubb, Reisner, and Locke, plus three first-round picks and a second-round pick. That sounds like a easy work to me. Sign it up. <laughs> take the deal. And he says he's 38. Y'all better quick lock flocking. I mean, yeah, you got to be a druther if uh, you're really not going to give up those guys for Aaron Rodgers. He is only 38, Ryan, but you're an immediate Super Bowl contender. So Locke is a wash. He doesn't count in the deal because you now have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, so it's Chubb, Reisner, and three firsts. Is that a lot? Sure. 
Oh, and a second. Is that a lot? Yes. Don't care. What are you What are you doing to replace Reisner? You just drafted a guy day three or day two in the third round. Put him in there. Natani Muti as yeah, well. Yeah, probably Muti is actually the guy. So a huge blow here is Bradley Chubb. And Ryan, we talked about it. I'm concerned about his injury. Um, yes, he's a Pro Bowl player, a great player. But if you're not going to move a pass rusher to get a quarterback, then I, I want different management. Right. I mean, you. it's going to hurt. Yep, it will, because you're getting a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know what's not going to hurt? Winning. Lifting the Lombardi trophy. <laughs> Next one coming in from Bit Pismo Beach Broncos 07. I think a lot of my frustration with the Broncos is also correlated with the fact that my favorite baseball team is the Angels, both great franchises in terms of fan experience and ownership that wants to win but can't seem to connect the dots. Lately, the Angels have been obsessed with big bats in the lineup and completely disregarded the pitching staff. We have the top two guys in the majors in terms of MVP race but are stinking up the joint with the worst Worst pitching staff in the MLB. Look at the Broncos loaded up on weapons, defense, and completely ignoring the most important aspect, quarterback. What's the common denominator in 98-99-16? Elway and Manning. When the Angels won the World Series, it was because of great pitching, shutting down the Giants' mighty lineup, and manufacturing runs. Great quarterbacks and pitchers win championships, period. Locke and Bridgewater, come on, guys. Let's be real about who these guys are. Last year as an Angels fan, I was praying Dylan Bundy had a late career resurgence. Now look, same bum he's been the last few years. I fear the same for our quarterbacks. A.A. Ron, please save us. I will buy that jersey the second he is on board. Yeah, I agree with everything except for the Broncos ignoring the position. Um, they've tried. It's just it's a, the hardest position to fill in sports. There's, what, 15-ish really good quarterbacks in the world? Yeah. <laughs> so some teams just aren't going to have one. Um, and they've tried different things. They tried Keenum. They thought maybe that would work. He ended up being the same old guy. They tried Flacco. He ended up being the same old guy. It's not necessarily a lack of trying. Now, you could say, you know, you can complain about them not drafting Josh Allen, right? But – there's also huge risks involved there. They tried drafting a guy. They drafted Paxton Lynch. So trying is not the issue. They're not ignoring the position. They're just failing at filling it, which I want to be clear is extremely frustrating. It's also the most common thing. Like everyone fails at finding their quarterback until they find him. And then you're set, you know, hopefully for 15 years, 10 years, but it just it's it's extremely difficult. Yeah, the investment has to be there. That that's where I will agree with Pismo Beach Bronco. You have to invest. Uh, you don't have to invest, but Ryan, your odds are better at succeeding if you put a big investment into that quarterback position, which I don't feel the Broncos have done recently. And and you have to. And Ryan, one of the things that is a big investment is giving up Chubb, Reisner, Locke, three first round picks, and a second. That's a big investment in order to get a quarterback. But there's no risk with getting Aaron Rodgers. You know that that's a done deal. You're getting you're getting an MVP this year potentially. Someone at some point later will try to give George Payton credit, like, and he traded for a 38 year old Aaron Rodgers. That was a little bit of a risk, and you and me will be like, no, you got to. There's be no me. risk. Just like the, like Peyton Manning yeah. at least you know, had the injury. But even you and me have always believed like there was no risk in trading for Peyton Manning. It's Peyton. 
freaking Manning. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> From Casper, fellas, if Roger signs an ex- extension with Green Bay and puts the rest of the possibility, it puts to rest the possibility of a trade. Would you put Jordan Love on the no. potential? quarterbacks in Denver to look at if they move on from Locke. No. No, yeah, I mean, Ryan, no. You 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 can't this would be just another low investment move here and you can't have that. It's like similar to Sam Darnold but even less. Right. More like Josh Rosen. Mm, yeah, who was the who was the quarterback? Was it the Browns drafted in the second round and then he was traded to the Packers the following year? Nick Hunley? Maybe? Oh. Um, Brett Hundley. Yeah, yeah. I think that was him. I mean, I know that he's on the Packers. That's all I really know. So, I mean, anyway, those are the type of quarterbacks we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Tobin says, salutations. Which conference in the league has the best starting quarterbacks as it sits right now? And worse, so I think he means division, actually. He says, this was harder than I thought, and I'm not sure I'm even close. He says, the best is the AFC North, and the worst is the NFC East. Who do you got? Well, so a- AFC North, you have uh, Ben, Lamar. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Baker. Yep, Baker and uh, uh, Burrow. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But and Ben doesn't, I mean. <sighs> yeah, I mean, definitely on the way down. Yeah, but, I mean, if you compare, if you say he's the worst in the division, you're comparing him against Drew Locke yeah. or Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, it's a strong bat. You know, yeah, like yeah. he's a lot better than them. Um, who do we have? You got Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. Who else is it? Uh, well, you don't have Drew Brees anymore, so that takes uh, yeah, them out. I mean, I mean the AFC West could be Mahomes brings the top of that level so high, but Derek Carr is like decidedly like fifteenth, right? Like just right middle of the road quarterback. Herbert has the upside of top 10 for sure. So, I mean. If Herbert hits this year and Drew and or Teddy becomes 15, then the AFC West has has a good chance because Derek Carr is a great third quarterback. Right. Worst. So, the NFC East that he mentioned, <clears throat> Dak is, is the top level. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Who knows? Jalen Hurts. Uh, and Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's a tough Pretty one. Bad. That's that's a tough one. You could also look uh, at the NFC West where you have Russ, Trey Lance, if you believe he's going to be the guy, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford. That's a strong one. Those are all – oh, no, not Russ. It's either like high first-round picks or MVPs. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Um NFC East has to be the worst, right? Yeah, I think it has to be. But and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. AFC North is strong, but I'm gonna go NFC West for the best. Interesting. I'll go AFC West. Okay, I love it. I love it. Ne- great question there, Coach Tobin. Next one coming in from the count. He says, "If you're the OC of a squad that included two really talented tight ends and also was." was helmed by quarterback that could very much benefit from having more short to intermediate targets available in the route tree, what possibly could be the argument against running two tight end sets frequently? Love the count. Ryan, it reminds me of a, a point that you kind of, uh, you know, rolled your eyes at earlier, just about not having trust in Pat Shermer without the count mentioning Pat Shermer's name here. I feel like this is exactly that question. Yeah, I mean, what's the argument against it? There isn't one. The argument against it is NFL coaches are stubborn and they think their way is the right way and they're not willing to 
change the way they do things. Ryan, I need to uh, stop this podcast right now and give you proper praise and uh, congratulations for yesterday becoming the Super Bowl champion three out of five years as I texted you after the game. There's no question it's a dynasty already. Thank you. Do, thank w- you. W- would you like to comment on your win? Because I actually can tie this in. I was going to tie it in too. It's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. Um, I mean, it was it was awesome. Craziest Madden game I've ever played in. Yeah. Um, I won't go into the full details for everyone here, but I'll just say there were three scores in the last two minutes, including the game-winning field goal, which banked in <laughs> off of the post for me. So. Following a false start, or or no, a an encroachment. If you wouldn't have yes. got that penalty yes. and you would have kicked the same ball, it would have missed. I didn't think about that <laughs> until I heard you guys on the call. Yeah. <laughs> I got the free five yards, and, I mean, if it was one inch further back, yep. it wouldn't have gone in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was thrilling. Um, and now... Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to start all over. I'm going to build a whole new roster. It, it's incredible that you do that. And with all new rosters every year, but one of the things that you did was you played to your roster extremely well. And in this game, uh, congratulations to Brian with the Texans as well, who was, uh, who was in the Super Bowl with you. One of the things, Ryan, we saw fullbacks being used often. We saw two tight end heavy sets being used in this game. And why, why, how I can bring this back is you guys knew that was a strength of your team. And so you use that, and it doesn't mean that you're going and you're only scoring 17 points a game. I mean, how many times do you put up 50 points in a, in a game this year? You're playing to your strengths, and that's something that every NFL team should do. You shouldn't have Albert O on the field 17% of the time only when, uh, when Noah Fant's getting a breather. No, if he really is... Aaron Hernandez, in terms of what he brings to Rob Gronkowski's side, if if Noah Fant is Rob Gronkowski, get those guys on the field all the time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was going to tie it in by saying, you know, I was two years ago, I was a run heavy team, um, and I ran for like almost three thousand yards with my running back. Insane. And then last year, I traded for Trey Lance in the off season, and he was so awesome as a passer that I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to be a passing team now. <laughs> and you know, I had like. It was personnel based. I had the, you know, I had the guy now to go be a passing team. So I wanted to pass the ball a bunch. So I did, I, I, you know, I ran everything, but NFL coaches, instead of changing their scheme for their players, change, try to change their players for their scheme. And I think it's one of the most idiotic things that you can do. And so it's why, you know, you're not going to see more tight end, two tight end sets. Maybe you will, maybe you will see more two tight end sets. Maybe with your when your job is on the line, you start to get a little bit more creative. But um, it's frustrating to watch, and I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I don't get this, you know, as a coach, your only job is to be a coach. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, maybe you're a dad or whatever. But you have time to, like, learn things. All you have is time to learn things. Mm-hmm. So why are you so against spending a week studying Steve Sarkeesian's playbook at Alabama and trying to say, how can I incorporate uh, RPOs into what we do more? And, you know, uh, last little Madden tie-in, I'll say, I literally built my Madden offense off of a Steve Sarkeesian (laughs) clinic video I watched on YouTube about how he talked about how to build an offense around RPOs. That's incredible. So, like, if I can do that, they can do that. And I realize Madden is not a one-for-one comparison, but I'm saying 
why not take the time to learn this stuff? Yeah. And give yourself more options. You know, just because you really like going three wide doesn't mean that you should not be calling other stuff. And, and I'm not saying he only calls three wide. I'm saying give yourself as many weapons in the bag to use against defenses who think they know what you're doing and then get yourself matchups and go exploit them. If you want to make the bag in this league, you got to give yourself as many tools in that bag as possible. 100%. All right, from Blam Beham Bronco. Fellas, I like Blam though. Blam, Blam Bronco. <laughs> Blam Bronco. Uh, fellas, so glad to see that the bar was bumping this weekend. Hope I can make it out there this fall and see that epic atmosphere in person. Guys, it was honestly a dream come true. I tweeted it out. I like shed a tear on Friday. <laughs> no joke. When the Avs scored the goal to go up 1-0, packed house. Everyone went nuts. It was mayhem. And it was just like, oh, my God, it finally happened. Yeah. Like, we finally got here. And then Zach came through on Saturday. He got to see, you know, how packed it was for the Nuggets game. You pointed Ooh. it out. You were like, it was the first quarter, and people were living and dying on every bucket. And it's like. I don't think in the history of Denver there's ever been a place where you could say that. No, that absolutely. Ryan, this is without a doubt the coolest place to take in a game. And it was a playoff game, but it felt like it was game seven of the finals. In the fourth in the quarter. First quarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is just how much fun the bar is going to be. And that's why I'm just so pumped the Nugs and Avs are, are both here right now. And... Unfortunately, the abs are just too good where they're giving us some time off this week, Ryan. I know. It's, uh, we'll take it. <laughs> you know, there was a time la two years ago where the Nuggets and Avs played on 16 consecutive days. And we were doing watch parties. We didn't have our bar, but we were doing like Blake Street Tavern watch party like every single night. And it yeah. was early on in like the watch party era. So we wanted to be there to, you know, give it a cooler like DNVR mm -hmm. feel or BSN feel, I think, at the time. Yeah. And, it was exhausting. So I'll take <laughs> I'll take the uh, the you know every other day for the rest of the hopefully this week. Yeah, it just so much, especially those weekend games. Holy cow! Oh my god, they're gonna oh be crazy. My goodness. He goes on and says, "What's everyone's hobbies?" I suspect being in the media means you're never truly off the clock, but everyone has a hobby, right? I for one love fishing. It helps me clear my mind and gives me time to catch up on pods after busy work days. Appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, really appreciate you. Um, I love being outside. Um, love going to the mountains, hiking. Um, and like you said. News can happen at any time, so it's kind of also the most terrifying thing about but we being have a 14ers. Like a, we have, like, a team now, you know, where, like... It's true. Obviously, you get, like, FOMO or whatever if you're right. on top of a 14er and the Broncos trade for Aaron Rodgers, but, <laughs> like, you're not worried, like, oh, God, right. the, the, the company's going to have... going to fall. Like, there was a time where I was the only person on the buff suite, yeah. and I was just, like... Like, they were in, like, a coaching search, and I was, like, oh. afraid to take a shower. Right. You know, it was just, like, <laughs> yeah. I have to, like, bring my phone in there, turn on notifications yep. for everyone, have it turned up. <laughs> yeah. And so there are times like that, but now we're much more uh, well-staffed. Yes, 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 we are, thankfully, for that. So, yeah, I love being outside, being in the mountains, um, and you know, I, I guess be by the beach, too. That just doesn't happen in Denver that often. For sure, yeah. I mean, for me, it's golf. Yeah. Um, that's, like, my number one hobby, but, you know, just – like enjoying Denver. I, I feel like Denver has so much to offer now that we're back to like regular life. The city has so much energy. Yeah. You can just go anywhere 
and just like be outside in Denver and you just like absorb this like amazing energy. Uh, it sounds like hippie or something, but it's really, I, I, I truly feel that way. And this sounds homerish, but if you want the best energy, it's here. Uh, it it's it's, it's, it's really, at the bar. It really is. <laughs> um, but yeah, golf is the number one uh, place for me. Mm, it And it's golf weather, Ryan. I know. I'm So I used to be able to kind of like move my schedule around to go golfing like on a weekday because it's, right. it's really hard to get tee times on the weekend in Colorado. Now there's so many like – just an average day, I at least have three pods. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm not going to make everyone move their schedules around for me to go golfing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm starting to figure out Allie and I are going to try and do some like 7am early morning tea times just to get out there and play a little bit. Yeah. And then of course, speaking of getting it being hard to get tea times, well, we have tea time set up every week from June, the start of June to the end of July in the DNVR Golf League. So if you're having the same problems as me where it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm free on Saturday until Thursday and all the tee times are already gone. Well, clear up some space on Monday afternoons after you get off work and there'll be a tee time waiting for you every single week in the DNVR Golf League. Um, go to the DNVR Golf Twitter account to figure out how to sign up. Um, there's different levels of it. And we're playing some really awesome courses, so make sure you go check it out. Man, so now that's just part of your schedule now. Exactly. So that, that's good. That's built in. Yep. Nine Smart. holes, though. So Smart. like. Smart. I need it. You know, I need to go out. I, I need my, my full 18 every once in a while. <laughs> wow. We give you a nine and you just say it's not enough. I know. Give an inch once a mile. <laughs> well, Ryan, we're talking about how it's golf season, outdoor season now. It's also patio season over at Illegal Pete's, guys. Energy. They're, they're, oh, my gosh. It is so delicious. Great vibes going on. And, Ryan, you can even go to Illegal Pete's on Colfax and then come here right after. And, I mean, that, that just sounds like the perfect night as well. And, guys, I'm so pumped that Illegal Pete's is back on board now that they're fully open. I'm going to Illegal Pete's at least once a week. Their margs are fantastic. You got to check out the Chauncey Marg. It's one of their house marks with a floater of mango vodka on top it is delicious it is potent and then of course you do that with a side of fish tacos i know mace likes a fish burrito i i just went back to my roots this past week get nachos you're not Mm. disappointed at all i mean it's it's the bowl of best queso in the world plus delicious toppings on top you can't go wrong at illegal pizza and guys on top of that they have happy hour at all of their locations from three to six every day which is one dollar off drafts one dollar off house and coin style marks $20 $20 party marks, $1 off large chips and queso and large chips and guac as well. And free chips and salsa if you get a drink during happy hour. So it's you can't beat it. You can't beat the food. You can't beat the drinks. You can't beat the atmosphere. Speaking of great food, Zach, I seared up some Hassel Cattle Company New York strips the other night. And like with all due respect to some of the Denver stables like Bastions and there's other like great steakhouses around here. Del Frisco's. I'm I'm not kidding you. It's the best steak I ever had in my life. Wow! And you did it. I did you it. You made it. I did wow. it. Wow. Um, I I t- I made it simple. Uh, I followed all you know all the guides I read on how to cook a wagyu steak, and it's so simple. You get the pan super hot. You put only salt on there. Sear up each side, and then just finish it off. And then what I did which was, you know, some people might disagree with me on this, but trust me, a little dusting of Elway's, just a little. Why disagree? Well, because a lot of people say like great steak, just salt and pepper. 
Oh. But obviously, I, I knew the A1. You don't use A1 sauce on a great steak, but yep. I didn't know that seasoning was uh, looked down upon. Yeah, I'm so never. Just maybe a little more sophisticated. Well, I, you know, like I said, just a dusting. Okay. Just to give it that nice little LA seasoning because that's the best steak seasoning there is. Um, best steak I've ever had. Oh, no my. joke. So is that dinner every day this week? Yeah, well, I ran out, so now I gotta <laughs> I gotta run it back. I will say, don't grill them. They should they don't belong on the grill. Put them in the pan, sear them up. I did know that. That's like if you're really good at steaks, you just do you just do in the pan or broil, right? I don't know. You ever broil them? Okay, pan. In the pan, <laughs> sear it up. Uh, Hassle Cattle is offering buy three, get one free on their flank steaks right now. And they also, of course, always have DNVR 10 for 10% off orders. Um, and you can get two, uh, free shipping if you go over 200 bucks. Trust me, you are going to want $200 worth of this steak. Mm, yes, you certainly will. And guys, you're also going to want $200 worth of Strava Craft Coffee. But it doesn't matter how much you spend over a Strava Craft Coffee. If you use the magical code DNVR25, you'll get 25% off your purchase over a Strava Craft Coffee. And they haven't been feeling the love lately, so they upped that code from 20% off to 25% off using that code DNVR25 over at checkout. And Ryan, it's also cold coffee season in the mornings for me now typically in the winter I go cold coffee in the afternoon hot coffee in the morning but now once it starts to get hot I go cold coffee both times and it's my favorite time of the year so this morning was the first day of having that Strava craft coffee cold in the morning and boy is it the way to go and one of the things we don't talk about as much is just all the flavors they have and i mean you cannot beat the marshmallow that they've got so make sure to check marshmallow? out marshmallow yes yes but you sounds know, it, right up your alley it's exactly <laughs> exactly but it's infused in the beans so it's not sweet it's just delicious so make sure to check them out over at strava craft coffee use that code dnvr25 and then after you use that code make sure to subscribe to strava where you save 20 percent off every single purchase after that and they'll deliver it straight to your door as often as you want so make sure to check them out strava craft coffee and smash that code dnvr25 all right let's move on in the questions here next one's from count locula he says oh wait did i put oh i got a thread here okay it's from pig tosser <laughs> how long before i can hear the name justin fields without it giving me an automatic sick uneasy feeling i can't even look at a picture of that dude right now am i heartbroken yeah you, you either have to wait for drew to ball out Teddy to potentially ball out or Justin to fall flat on his face. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the guy right now who like is trying to convince his buddy who just broke up with this girl that like, she wasn't really right for him anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and I, I do feel that way. Like I'm like, look, she wasn't the one. Um, and, and it's not because of my feelings on Justin Fields because I, I actually do think Justin Fields can be great. But if the Broncos loved Justin Fields, Justin Fields would be a Bronco right now. And, you know, I was talking this with your buddy at the bar the other night. It's like, this is, I think, the biggest divide between fans and general managers is fans are just like, I like Justin Fields, so why aren't we taking Justin Fields? And general managers, and, and we need a quarterback. And general managers can't look at it that way as we need a quarterback and this guy has a first-round grade from people, so I got we got to go get him. All right. The Broncos clearly didn't see Justin Fields as the future at quarterback. Now, they could end up being very wrong about that, and that is not going to help you feel any better. But I guess you kind of have to look at it the way that, like, Nuggets fans look at Donovan Mitchell, right? It's like Donovan Mitchell was never going to be on the Nuggets. They traded 
the pick, and the Jazz <laughs> said, can you draft John Donovan Mitchell for us? Right. Now, it's so easy to go have the hindsight and say, they drafted him. I can't believe they traded him away. But they didn't. They were never taking him. It wasn't an option to them. That's why they traded the pick. Now, they were wrong in that, but it's not really a situation of, oh, my God, what if Justin Fields is going to be a Bronco? He was never going to be a Bronco. So what you're saying to your buddy is move on. She dumped you. Yeah. She doesn't love you. Yeah. And you know that. And you, it's just, I don't know. That's the way that I get over it. It's like, it's not like a, oh my God, what if we got this guy? Cause I just know if they wanted him, they would have him. Yep. They didn't want him. Also maybe unfollow. It's, it sounds like you're still really attached to Justin. Maybe start unfollowing some of those Chicago accounts. You, you don't I have need a that bad, I, I feel bad for Justin. I, I mean, who's like the Chicago Bears can't figure out quarterback ever. I mean, unless you believe Matt Nagy's got one last magical dusting to him. Maybe. But yeah, that's a tough, tough situation. All right, next one for Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, Mace, whatever happened to Krusty the Clown during Y2K? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume it's like a Y2K episode of The Simpsons. Yep. yep. And yeah. what do you think happens? Does he turn into the Krusty Krab? Oh, wow. A little crossover content? Right? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> not same channel, so probably not. All right. He says, let's head down to the NFC East and start with the team nowhere near it. Because of Dallas's brilliant effort to broadcast nationality for the last few decades, they have made themselves a polarizing team. With that comes a plethora of players that no one outside of the fan base enjoys. Who's your one friggin' cowboy that you just can't stand but would have been amazing in Denver? Boy, I just feel like all those guys I can't stand. I like Dak. <laughs> so then I you know, can't I, have yeah, him on exactly. the team. So it's like, who's someone you can't stand but would have been great in Denver? Zeke? I mean, I, I, I feel like yeah. he's fairly overrated, but, like, yeah, I would have him on the I team. I don't really like his, like... His swag. I don't know. He's, like, weird. You don't like the belly? I don't really like anything he does. Speaking the of... nose ring. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Speaking of bellies, um, Garrett Bowles was asked about Quinn Minert's belly today, and he said, it's a lucky belly. And he said, once we start winning, oh, I'm going to be Jesus. rubbing that belly. <laughs> Save me. Um, He's also... Not shocking. Garrett Bowles is also a big fan of of Calvin Anderson, and when he was asked about the right tackle competition, I believe he mentioned Bobby, didn't mention Cameron Fleming, and then uh, just talked about Calvin Anderson. So he's really pulling for Calvin Anderson here, and I want to get the quote exactly what he said about Calvin Anderson. He wants them to be called um, uh, the RoboCops if Calvin Anderson becomes a starting right tackle because uh, we lock things down. <laughs> I mean, it's a good nickname, so I'm down. <laughs> Problem is, it's uh, never going to get to be used. Unless he's willing to use it with uh, with Bobby Massey as well. Yeah, oh man, would that be just a punch in the gut for Calvin Anderson <laughs> as Bobby Massey wins the starting job and then his nickname is taken too. Right, it's like you start dating a new girl. So you know you have your couple name, right? Yep. <laughs> you start dating a new girl with the same name and you just... Recycle the couple <laughs> name and use it again. Oh man, I'm sure girl, new girl wouldn't be too happy about that. That's true. That's probably worse than you because the old girl wouldn't be happy about it either. But you wouldn't care, right? <laughs> right. You could move on from that, but you're stuck with this new one. That's true. That is true. Um. Okay. Uh, Des Bryant, maybe. Oh, that's a good one. 
I didn't love. Really there was like that one. little fake rivalry between him and DT, so I guess yeah. I kind of didn't like him. Right. But obviously, he would have been great in Denver yeah. alongside DT. Yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, and and I'll go with Zeke. Okay. So there we go. And I have no idea about the Bucks. Sorry, Mark. It snatch. Broncos UK says, my boys, just wanted to give you a shout out for you guys making my journey into work enjoyable every day. I've listened to you guys every morning for the last 12 months driving into London. I'm not going to pretend I know everything about the NFL, but I have fallen in love with the Broncos in the last three years and really hope the good vibes from 2015, which I missed, comes back soon. My knowledge of the franchise in the NFL grows bigger every day due to your podcast. Thanks, guys. Hopefully I can find a way to swing by the DNVR bar soon. P.S. I just signed up to the DNVR family. Got him. Got yes, exactly. Do you post T-shirts to, or do you send T-shirts to the UK? Yeah, of course, worldwide. worldwide. UK, um, worldwide, baby. Yep, anywhere. <clears throat> Serbia. What? We send lots of shirts to Serbia. Oh, I, <laughs> I bet we do. What? Who, who is it, Mister Worldwide? That would be. Oh, he he's bald, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you sure you're not thinking of Mr. 305? I no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, it's it's Pitbull. Oh, yes, yeah, I was gonna say Bulldog. It's Pitbull. <laughs> Bulldog. But I think he's Mr. 305. Oh, is he also Mr. Mr. Worldwide? Worldwide? I think he calls himself Mr. Worldwide. No, I th- is maybe 305 both. like Miami zip code? Miami zip code. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, pretty close. I didn't know that. 303, 305. Yeah. Are we Mr. 303? No. Oh, okay. All right. There um, is a 303, you're right. Yeah, that's already taken. Uh, from Oniontown Links, it would be interesting to see a team of NFL players who are known for having played multiple positions and can play multiple positions. Thinking about a team that includes Terrell Pryor, Alejandro Villanueva, uh, Ty Montgomery, Lamar Jackson, uh, Tim Tebow, Taysom Hill, Kendall Hinton. He made the team. Good job, Kendall. <laughs> who else is uh, who's there on this team without a depth chart? Who is the greatest Bronco of this type? Was it Tebow? <laughs> Was I mean, Tebow positionless because he only <laughs> ever played one position. Yeah, Tebow may not even make an NFL team playing at tight end. Really quick, do you think Tebow makes makes the Jags? No. Um, there's a lot of, like, anti-Tebow sentiment coming out of the team. Now, we know he's a charmer, mm-hmm. and he's a leader. The question is, like, can you just, like, walk in and lead when everyone doesn't like you? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Vic was actually asked about that today. Can Teddy become a leader without being the starting quarterback? And he said... You can win guys over, but you do have to win games in order to become a leader. So uh, Vic would say no, that Tim yeah. can't do that. I think it's going to be awkward, and, like, they're looking at him as, like, this old dude yeah. who, like, is buddies with the coach. and A teacher's pet kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I just think they're not going to like him. I think eventually Irvin Meyer is going to lose another one of these battles, just like when he tried to bring in his – Oh. You know, psycho strength Yikes. coach. Yikes. Yeah. Bad look. Uh, do, are you pulling for Tim? Because Mace is not, he wants nothing to do with Tim. He wants him to be out of the league, out of the headlines. I'm all about it. I don't care. Like I, He's I'm a third, fourth tight end in your mind. Yeah. Well, the only thing I care about is in the Madden league, Adam bet me <laughs> that Tim Tebow, not would catch, would throw more touchdowns than Jameis Winston this year. You have already won. <laughs> so that's the only investment I have in this. Even if he makes the team as tight end, I still think Max, he throws one. Yes, that that throws. Yeah. One, and come on, Jameis is going to be the starter I there, right? I mean, he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be the starter. That would be such a bad look. What would Sean Payton be thinking? Starting Taysom Hill? Yeah. I don't know. He'd be saying that we went 4-1 and one with him last year or whatever the heck it was. 
Wow. Okay. You went 5-0 and with Teddy. Why'd you let him walk? He wasn't, uh, you know, the Swiss Army knife. <laughs> <laughs> you know the rest. Um, Tebow, like, I don't know. I don't care. I, I loved Tebow in Denver. I was never a Tebow hater. I always thought it was weird oh. that there were. Yep. Um, but people were cheering against fun at that point. Yeah, exactly. But I was also like way wrong. Like, I, you know, I was too young to have good takes. So um, I was like, oh yeah, he can definitely be quarterback in the NFL. Like, he just keeps winning. And like, yeah. I don't think it probably would have worked long term. <laughs> now that I kind of understand how this stuff works. Um, but I don't care. I want. I, I guess I want to see what would happen. Yeah, I mean the the craziness. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what Laviska thinks of him. Mm. I wonder if we can find Maybe, that out. I was gonna say <laughs> find find that out for us. Wouldn't that be crazy if the first for the first drive that Jacksonville gets in the red zone, Urban Meyer pulls Trevor Lawrence and puts in Tim Tebow at quarterback. <laughs> Urban Meyer is. I just know he's not cut out for this. It's not gonna work. NFL, yep. Tim Tebow. NFL. Yeah. You know, when you're the coach of a college team, you have so much control. And the kids are kids. So it doesn't matter what you do. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, they're all very, like, whatever coach says goes. Yep. And I just think he's running this NFL team like he can do whatever the hell he wants. And I think these players who make more money than him mm-hmm. are, you know, very mature. They're, they have families. They're smart guys are going to get sick of it real quick. Maybe his saving grace could be that he has a young quarterback and that the young quarterback, at least in the first contract, will still look up to him and still obey him. Yeah. And maybe that can get some veterans to buy into him. But, Ryan, when you're talking about that, all I think is Chip Kelly. Now, obviously yep. a little different in the way that Chip just wanted to run guys to death. Urban may not do that. But in terms of the, we're doing this my, we're doing this the college way, and you 29, 33-year-olds better fall in line or get out. Could very well happen to Urban as well. Like, he could have gotten away with the BS strength coach in college. Right. Yep. Uh, especially at a powerhouse. Yep. You know, like, if he was coaching at Ohio State, which he was when, you know, he just says, like, this guy's the best in the biz. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Like, Yeah, we'll overlook anything else. Yeah, exactly. Like, just go win. That's all yep. we care about. You try to pull that crap in the NFL and you just get called out. And, and like, the players especially, who, again, they have a union. They are, like, very aware um, th- for lack of a better term, they're more like woke about how they're worked mm-hmm. than they ever have been in history. And they're just like, dude, F you. <laughs> like, what do you think you're trying to pull here? Yep. Um, so I think there's going to be several. And this Tim Tebow situation is one of them. That's what guys are saying behind the scenes right now. They're saying, dude, F you. Like, <laughs> there are real NFL players out there who are waiting for this opportunity. You're going to bring in... Uh, an ex-baseball player who, when he played in the NFL, was a quarterback <laughs> and give him a legit chance to make this team where, like, you know, someone's probably thinking, like, my buddy that I played college with just got right. cut by the Saints, and he's out there, and I know he can play. Right. And so credit to Vic Fangio to bring this back to day one of OTAs for Vic saying, I mean, Vic is uh, the most old-school football guy you're going to find in the NFL. But he said, if I want to get my guys here for OTAs, I'm going to have to give them something. 
And whether or not that's right or not, he understood that that was how he was getting uh, 33-year-old Kareem Jackson back by saying, instead of two-and-a-half-hour practices, which, by the way, that's what the Broncos have done the past two years with Vic Fangio here, is he's gone up to that limit, uh, that maximum, and done that every single time. He said, we're going to cut that in half, and we're not going to give you any teamwork. That's something that Chip Kelly did not do, and he was ran out of town quickly, twice. That's something that Urban Meyer... I. Can't disagree with you, Ryan. He very well may do that. Vic Fangio, maybe this isn't going to work here, but I, I like the approach he's taken. How many col- great college coach to great NFL coach success stories are there? Not even Nick Saban. Right. If Nick Saban can't do it, good luck. It's such a different ball game. You get to control everything when you're the college coach, all the way down to the players that you get. Yeah. In this, you might not even have control over the roster. Um, and even if you do, you're at the peril of waivers and the draft position and all that stuff. It's very, 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 very different. And the the guys who have pulled it off are few and far between. Yeah. yeah you're, Steve Spurrier couldn't do it. Like, right. Exactly. It's, and it's, there's a reason, Ryan. It's because it's way more than just football. It's not the X's and O's that change and get way more difficult at the NFL level. It's everything else with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, he definitely has like a nice little group to work with down there. So mm-hmm. he should be able to do it, but he's also in Jacksonville. I don't know. Man, that, that's, I mean, just talking about the Jaguars, I've never looked forward to a Jaguars game that the Broncos have to play before. Never. never. Not once. This year, it'll at least be interesting. I was kind of looking forward to that game where they were 28 and a half point favorites. <laughs> Until the booze started coming in, and then you're like, oh, what the heck? You know, that was like my first ever betting advice. I don't even know why I was doing it. was like, mm, I was writing yeah. columns for this little place called Cover 32. It was like some of my first ever writing work in the NFL. And I don't know why, but I wrote a whole column on why you should not take the Broncos <laughs> minus 28 and a half. And I like went and found all the stats of teams that have like, like teams don't cover something like something crazy. As soon as the spread goes over three scores, it's like 75% of the underdogs cover. Mm. I like did a whole thing. I, you know, <laughs> you were right. You're dead. The right. Beginning of a <laughs> long road. So 17 and a half points or no 17 points. Yeah. No. 16 and a half points is would the beginning be, of like when yep. teams are really start mm. having a, tr- a hard time covering. You that. so rarely see it. That's why 28 and a half was absurd. Yeah. I mean, even if you, I mean, 17, I guess doesn't quite feel like a blowout when you beat a team by 17, but there's right. just a lot. I mean, it's really hard to beat a team by 17 in the NFL. Yes, it, it is. Especially when you're expected to, that almost makes it a little more difficult, which to tie it back to the Broncos is always funny because, you know, you can always go back and look at all the games and say, oh, man, they lost this game by one score and they lost that game. By one. And if they won all three of these games where they only lost by three, seven, six, then they would have been a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But it's like mm, you can't do that because all the teams lost. Every team's <laughs> right, losses look right. like that. And then if you're going to do that, go back and how many games did they win by a last second field goal exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. All right, before we get out of here, a shout-out again to MSU Denver Online. Um, you know, time and time again, the thing that will protect you against economic den- downturns is education, allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can build your toolbox at MSU Denver. And why not have it both ways in uncertain times? Make money and work while you are earning your degree. MSU Denver students can tell you all about it. They work double the hours while taking classes than any other school in Colorado. So make sure you check out MSU Denver online scope out all they have to offer there truly is something for everyone it's msu denver 
That is going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon.